Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A market that we see some higher numbers in both the cattle and the feeder cattle. Hogs as well saw some positive numbers on the day. On the flip side, a little bit of a struggle going on in the wheat complex once again. The soybeans as well, but mixed on the corn. And we all know that those grain markets have a definite effect as to what we see on the livestock side of the trade. Having said that, Kyle Bumstead joins us today. He's with Allendale Incorporated. And let's start out looking at this market. Um, Obviously, uh, on the cattle side, there's a lot of factors that are being thrown at them, including the fundamentals within this feeder cattle market. What are your thoughts as to what we saw in the trade today? Yeah, boy, you said it right there, Susan, the fundamentals. And uh, thanks again for having me back. Uh, always appreciate it. Always enjoy visiting with you and uh, listening to the viewers out there. Uh, you know, looking at this feeder cattle complex and the live cattle complex, um, it seems like when we got to the first of the year, it was a new year same old cattle market and i know a lot of uh, a lot of producers were anticipating higher cash trade on the live cattle side of things here after the first year and it's kind of softened up here it's a little bit less than what we had that week between new year's and christmas and uh, so i think that's kind of having a little bit of a ripple effect here short term on this feeder cattle market now when you mentioned the fundamentals on the feeder cattle market um i can't help but go back to my old reliables the spreads Okay, first of all, the cash index has kind of been softer here uh, since the first of the year. It's down around 162.28 with that January board sitting around 162.57. And January is our spot cash contract here for intent and purposes here. And uh, looking at it, we've seen some big run-ups here uh, between the holidays on low-volume feeder cattle sales. And now we're starting to see those uh, those feeder sales you know, come through here with a few more cattle in the Southern Plains, which the fundamental picture from talking with producers down there, order buyers and, and uh, sale barn owners and things like that, it sounds like there's going to be more cattle, more feeder cattle coming to town here the next three to four weeks here, given their weather situation down there. Now, this week we've seen some lighter runs of feeder cattle down there, but, uh, you know, with the cold weather and had some, there's a little bit of snow in some places down there, not much, but enough to, to hinder some of the movement of the feeders down there. But uh, looking at it, we're also taking into consideration the price of corn too, uh, to a lesser extent. But these feeder cattle, the feeder cattle market is going to basically give us its own fundamental read here. And looking at the spreads here, the feeder cattle are the feeder cattle are bare spread. And what I mean by that is they keep selling the front month and building premium out into the deferred. So. As a hedger, it's worked well to be short the front month and roll it out to the deferred contract if you've got feeders to kind of keep going. You know, if you're a backgrounder, it's been working fairly decent here for some backgrounding yards to be short this market and rolling it out and capturing that carry. So you look at this uh, March to April right now, March's lead contract, and a lot of eyes are on the April there for that spring, uh, for the spring board. We're sitting here at 380 discount March to April. And in order to be an impressive bull market, I'd like to see that spread at par or even March over April in order to really have this thing with, with some massive upside potential. Let's talk a little bit about that that wheat cattle because, um, you know, we know that the, the South moves, obviously, their, their calves to market a lot faster. But having said that, there's a lot of pressure with this dryness. Does that mean these calves are even going to be ready to go into that, that feedlot this soon? Well, I think I think your placements, you know, it's it's going to definitely depend on what weight those cattle are coming to town. Um, you know, your grow yards, they're they're going to be getting full here earlier. The way it sounds, just talking to a few growers out there that get them ready for the for the feed yards before they really start pouring the corn to them. Uh, but I think that uh, looking at it as a whole, we're probably going to be placing some lighter calves. The way it sounds down the southern plains. Now up here in the north, we still got some feed around us, and uh, those calves are coming to town. You know, looking looking at the actual sale barn receipts. 
Um, this is not index cattle per se uh, that, that fit with the futures with the futures market, but um, you're talking thousand pound calves or you know thousand pound yearlings for anywhere from a buck sixty five, some maybe you know dollar seventy if they've got their corn eating running gears on them and they're ready to go and and they're empty and you know you might get some good compensatory gain on them, but the heavier calves are bringing more money right now because. The buyers don't have to sit there and pump the high dollar grain into them to get the weight onto them, Susan. Well, so on the flip side of that, we've had a decent, up until this week, winter months. Mm-hmm. Is there concern mm-hmm. that the, these cattle that are in the feedlots are, I mean, they're putting on some weight because the weather's so optimum? That's that's right, Susan, and it's it's a uh, you know common theme I talk with my producers and feed yards about. You know, it's it's been a very easy winter to feed cattle. Now, it, it can change. You know, I mean, it's cold right now, but, you know, I, I personally, I was kind of glad to see this cold weather. The cattle seem to be doing a little bit better, um, but we don't. We haven't had the major snowstorm. Haven't had to fight the, the the cold weather. Then the thaw. Then the mud. Then the snow. Then more thaw. Then more cold. So we've kind of had a pretty nice, dry, open winter here to be feeding. So when you look at the weights, we just had uh, weights released here today. Now we get these every week. Uh, this is going to be uh, for the December twenty fifth kill. And basically, our dress steer weights were uh, up a pound from last week, and our heifer dress weights were up a pound from last week. But you know, our focus is a comparison against last year, or you know, basically in this case, two years ago. Uh, compared with two years ago, steer weights were unchanged at uh, plus twenty pounds, and heifer weights fell two pounds from this week compared against two years ago, to fourteen pounds over two years ago. So, uh, to make the narrative that guys won't feed expensive corn that really hasn't fit yet. I mean, we, when you look at a couple of years ago, corn was, you know, half the price, maybe $4 in the bunk in some places, depending on your area. Well, now I'm talking to guys and corn in the bunk depends on your area can be as high as 640 to maybe 680 a bushel. It just depends on your location, geographical location. So, you know, make the argument that high dollar corn is going to keep the weight off the cattle. We haven't seen that just yet. So the positive side of, uh, you know, we should be seeing the seasonal peak in weights, which should be behind us. Uh, basically, it was the second week of December, hopefully. But the negative side, we're still holding at a relatively high weight for this time of year. So what do you see as a, as a, as a triggering factor when it comes to some higher corn prices? What's that threshold number at this point? As far as threshold number? For, for, uh, as for far feeders as- to say, okay, this is getting too expensive right now. It's tough to say because everybody's got a different narrative when they're buying calves in the sale barn. Very and well case put. in point, it it depends it depends on what your end goal is. Well, sounds good. Stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Our Fontenelle Hybrids dealers can't say enough about the Fontenelle performance. Here's Don Blaschko of Blaschko Seeds between Ravana and Gibbon, Nebraska. We've always been happy with Fontenelle products. They've um, stand well, yield well. Since they're locally tested in Nebraska, they match our season and our climate and the soils better than um, other hybrids. For more on proven products in your area, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label director VN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue having the conversation with Kyle Bunstead with Allendale. And we left off kind of talking about, you know, where this bottom line was going to be and then trying to decide when the price is on these feeders. I wanted to take um, what's happening in the feedlots right now and, and bring it over to the consumer side here quick because they see the prices that they're still paying at the counter. And just to kind of make it for consumer understanding, 
that price isn't always following through back to the to that uh, rancher or to the guy at the feedlot. That's correct, Susan. And uh, none other than good old box beef versus live cattle prices or, or cash cattle prices. Now, um, we did, in fact, this year, as far as our demand picture, we did start here. Uh, today was the very first week of reporting for our export report sales uh, and export reports for, uh, you know, cattle or, uh, excuse me, box beef and uh, you know, pork cutouts. That's the calendar year. So our beef sales only totaled 7,900 tons for this week. Even for Christmas week, that's kind of poor. Um, you know, the cancellations of 3,893 tons of 2021 delivery is kind of reasonable. Um, the low sales of uh, 2022 so far of 11,802 11, tons. Um, we've got 79,956 tons booked already. So to put that in perspective, we're about half of a year ago. A year ago at this time, we had 185,408 uh, tons booked for delivery here, uh, you know, so we are running behind schedule or we are running behind pace as far as beef, uh, you know, beef exports and sales and shipments and whatnot. So that is a little bit of concern because that is going to kind of back up the coolers just a little bit. And you said it best when, you know, you talk about the consumers because I have some friends in uh, urban areas, large metropolitan areas of the of the world here, New York City, Chicago, and uh, you know California, places like that. And it all depends on how the government has you, you know, has you structured or whatever, uh, as far as showing you know vaccine cards and whatnot. Some people are just plain, I'm not going out to eat. I don't care. I'm not going out. And that is going to cut it into restaurant demand. However, they still, and we found during the, the pandemic we went through in 2020 that uh, people still do eat at home. And, and we found, you know, a, a lot of, you know, we found a lot of demand from, you know, the household, you know, people staying home. But we didn't find near the waste. People, they kept leftovers and they ate them, you know, they ate what was left over instead of, you know, at a restaurant where they might send it back to now I'm good. Uh, we did see that, you know, there's still demand, but the price is what's concerning to me this time of year. You're talking right after the holidays here and your high dollar cuts, it could be tough to move some of them. We're kind of in that blood of the year where we may not move a lot of high dollar cuts and that could weigh on our meat counters just a little bit. And in talking with you know local grocery stores and local grocers and meat counters and things like that, it has been a little bit tough to move some of those higher end cuts of beef out here in the supermarket too. So looking at uh, yesterday, the feds released their their minutes from their meeting that took place about six weeks ago. And obviously, interest rates was one of the things that was brought up, Kyle. And you said it's going to have it's going to have a factor that we see within this trade. Well, I I think it will, because the cost of money has been so cheap for a while. It's like, you know, you got the mentality, borrow cheap money when you can, not when you have to. And the Fed starts to get a little bit hawkish and they start to pump up interest rates. It's going to affect everything in agriculture. It's going to affect everything, period. It's just what it is. It's going to have some sort of a ripple effect where, yes, we're we're still borrowing here. I mean, looking at agriculture as a whole, you know, the the price of inputs and things like that doesn't matter if you're raising an acre of corn or feeding a pen of cattle. The inputs have all gone up. But the prices have not gone up enough in relation to where those inputs have gone up. So you're starting to borrow more money or, you know, the banks are lending more money and interest starts to uh, heat up just a little bit. And I'm not talking about it going to, you know, six, seven, eight percent right away. But you start adding a little bit on there. The local bank's going to, you know, take their cut out and they're going to raise a little bit more. Given where the Fed's at, they're going to raise it probably half a point higher than what they're getting it for because they're going to make some money on it, too. While you're borrowing more money and paying more interest, it's another expense that we have to deal with. So what do you see in um, 
when it comes to to sickness and plants? I mean, I know that there's always been that fear, especially what we saw just, you know, a year plus ago. Um, History hopefully doesn't repeat itself to the length it was. Correct. And I I don't think it's going to repeat it to that length um, just because we kind of know how things work and how how employees work. And I think that your companies, they kind of figured out how to keep employees working or doing what they can to keep them working. Because when you look at the the margin that, like, say, the beef packers had for so long, they're going to do everything they can to try to get everything they can through that plant because they're making good money at it. Well, we have seen here the first of the year and... I'm not going to relate it all to the virus because that's kind of the easy way out. But, you know, it's normal cold and flu season. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of uh, issues out here in the countryside, not just in packing, but just in general. People are just sick with the flu and, you know, no calls, no shows and things like that. So it has hindered our slaughter here the first week of the year. And eventually those cattle are going to have to get worked into the into the, you know, upcoming upcoming kill at some point. So we're going to be weighing down the system. So in essence, we could be pushing back some cattle at a time here when it's been thought that we should have lower show list, which still haven't yet to see lower show list. Last week was higher and this week was uh, up about 8,700 head too. And most of the industry analysts and people said, well, we're going to be seeing lower show list, going to be seeing lower show list. But looking at the spreads, the commercial view of the market, as bearish as those spreads are, they're, the commercials are still saying... All right, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle? You can call me at 308-708-7340. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.